This is Slashers, your new favorite podcast about your new favorite horror media. My name is Jake, and with me for the second time, and hopefully like uh, 15,000 times more, is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Adrian. Adrian, say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. Hey, guys. So you had built this up. This is hot goss coming up, because you said you had a great story (laughs) for the show. And I abruptly stopped you from speaking. I mansplained to you. I pulled a VP and you were like, Mr. Vice President, I am speaking. I'm speaking. I'm speaking. So regale us with your story, my friend. Oh, my God. So I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, it's a, it's, it's kind of like horror related, which I feel like, you know, is we should talk about it. So my neighbor and I were down at the pool a couple of days ago because we're both working from home. So, you know, whenever like we get off early because I'm done by 2.30. So whenever I'm done, we can just run down to the pool, get some sun, whatever, hang out. So we hear this guy whispering from his balcony behind us. He's just whispering, right? But that's his voice. What? Like that's how he talks. He just talks like this. He talks like like you don't know what the fuck he's saying, right? And I'm looking at him like I recognize this guy because I'm pretty sure I've told him off before <laughs> in another like on a Facebook post or something before. And I'm like, I know this fucking guy. I'm like, oh my god. So eventually he comes down to the pool and. <laughs> And he's talking to my neighbor and she's, you know, being polite. And then finally he says to me, he's like, oh, I remember you. You're the one who told me off on Facebook. I'm like, I fucking sure did. <laughs> like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat it. So then, you know, my neighbor's just trying to be nice, whatever. And then he's asking her, because I think he was trying to get with her. He's asking her, How, you know, what does she do? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm just sitting here just pretending I'm not fucking listening. In fact, I'm like reading my notes for the show. Like, I'm just not even paying attention. <laughs> And then she asked him, well, what do you do? And he's like, I kill people. Oh. And he he just says, I kill people. And she's like, what? Um, <laughs> what did you say? Okay. He's like, and he starts laughing. He's like, oh, I'm just kidding. And never did fucking tell us what he did. And I'm like, uh. What the fuck? Not with that creep yeah. ass voice. No, no, no. I know he was whispering it too. And I'm like, you kill people like that? I heard like, I'm trying not no. to pay attention. So, you know, if I ever disappear. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. It's the guy down on 11. (laughs) Bro, no. Like, Dexter took place in Florida. There are murderers everywhere, apparently. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, I veto this. I say the nay to your whispering friend. I don't even... His name is like Kay, but that's not even his real name, so... Maybe he's like a member of the Men in Black, but like the the special ops version that kills people. Yeah, maybe. That's why he's so clandestine. Like, I mean, he didn't look like a police officer or anything. So, I mean, I didn't like, you know, anyway, which kind of segues. What's capital punishment like in your state? Because here I don't we don't we don't fuck around with that. Uh, well, we have the death penalty. Yeah. So maybe he does that where he's just injecting fools. Oh, yeah. Like, do people still get to volunteer and like, like pull the thing down? Huh. You know, I think that would be something I'd be concerned about. If people volunteered for that job, I would definitely do a background check and then just check in periodically every now and then just to make sure, you know. Like you can get in line, I think. Like are you like some states like I I feel like I've read this before where you can get in line and you can go. What the fuck? Know. I need to check this out. People are like, it's my civic duty. And I'm like, no, no, that's a gateway drug, is what that is. 
I want to say it's Texas, but I don't want to like throw Texas under the bus. But I want to say that it was something with Texas. When you have as many guns as Texas has, and I am a big fucking fan of Texas. I have been there many times. I enjoy it. You have that many fucking guns. It is a farce to have lethal injection or gas chamber or whatever. Just take them behind a shed, right? It's already inhumane. Why are we talking about degrees of inhumanity, right? Just blah. Yeah, I guess so. Just get some wannabe like rap guy who's like ba da ba da ba in his songs, and then be like, okay, well here, here's your perfect opportunity, and then they get to be like, what? I, I you know, I, I, whatever. I mean, go for it. I say go for it. If that's your thing, right? Hell yeah. If you want to volunteer, <laughs> I think it'd be more fun if you like. And I'm doing this motion. I don't know if you know what I mean. It's but, a slot um, machine motion. Is that what no. I'm saying? When, <laughs> when you when when they're sitting in the chair, why can't I think today? Oh, the they're, lever. The, yeah, the lever. Like when you pull the lever down, like that would probably be fun, right? Yeah. Or maybe very cartoonish <laughs> Frankensteinian. Yeah, I like that. Oh version. my god, see, I'm no better than my neighbor threatening to to whisper kill me. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> that's no so, good. Uh, no good, baby. It's no good. Sorry, I had to crowbar one Van Halen reference into this episode. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Well, I know you were telling me that day, and that was when the whole like shebang was happening, and we were telling people stories. And then I later I was thinking about like, did he just tell me that Eddie Van Halen died? I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Like nobody has taken it as seriously as I have in my life, except for my mom. And I got my love of Van Halen from my mom who grew up with Van Halen and went to high school with Van Halen. So these are like her personal oh, friends. Wow. And so oh like literally God. the backdrop for my entire life is like I could every fucking life event. I can't imagine a party or a family get together where I didn't listen to a Van Halen song. Like I don't have very many memories Aww. don't involve them. And it's like I had we my wife and I had just talked about, you know, if a celebrity died, is there any celebrity left that would fuck with you if they died? Right. And I was like, oh, you know, David Lee Roth would probably just because I've really enjoyed listening to him as a character and stuff, even though my dad, fun fact, used to be a bartender and has thrown David Lee Roth out of multiple different bars in Southern California, which is awesome. Uh, But, you know, I said David Lee Roth and Elton John and then Eddie died. And I was like, fuck, that hurt way more than I thought it ever would. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. I know. And my dad's upset. Um, Dan used to play hot for teacher for me when Aww. when we started dating. So, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so sad. Because, you know, I love Valerie Bertinelli. Like, not that it matters. <laughs> yeah. They're not married anymore, but I love her. So, you know, I'm like, oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah, actually. So with, uh, you know, my wife is also a teacher, so I've played that song. She doesn't really care. Um, and so uh, I'll go ahead and say it. I don't know why people are so cryptic all the time. My newborn son is named Asher. And no, it's not because of Asher. It's just because I, I like the name, whatever. And so, you know, the song Panama? Well, I've been singing it around the house going, Asher's mom. And that she likes. She did not care for Hopper Teacher, but... There you go. That's actually very cute. So yeah, I would probably like that better because Hopper teachers a little, yeah, that's fine. A little risque. Uh, Always makes me the varsity blues now though, right? Oh yeah. Oh my God. That's what Dan always references too. I'm like, oh, I'm not the stripper. It's not what I do on my off time. I promise. Yeah, right. You make your money in a different Although way. I'd probably make more money if I was doing that. So let's be honest. That is inarguably <laughs> the absolute truth. I can tell you calculably. I had a friend whose dad owned a strip club and they had legitimately good food. And so we would go on Sundays and have brunch at the strip club in the back <laughs> with the girls. And it was chaotic. I never actually saw 
saw the performance, but I knew what those girls made. And I knew that like statistically they were all going to out earn me for at least like my first three years of being an attorney. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, they do have good food and all of ours in Florida are open if anybody wants to visit. So. <laughs> Bring a little bit of Purell and a face mask and you're fine. You have to like wear like a plastic sheet over oh, you if you want a lap jam. The American psycho <laughs> poncho, right? Fucking, yeah. You can only get lap dances to Huey Lewis in the news, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my God. I'm so into so that funny. idea. It's not even funny. Well, there you go. You should make that a haunted house. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't know why I've never supplemented my income doing that. When I was a kid, I used to take Halloween like way too seriously. And I would just like my parents just kind of let it happen. But I would put like 15 or 20 dummies on the lawn, stuff hanging off our roof. We had a truck in the driveway. So I would hide in the truck and pop out at people. Every year was different. And even in the same night, I would change costume and reposition myself so that kids who'd gone through once, if they came back again, I would get them a second time. And I feel like that was probably my calling in life. I don't know why I ended up doing what I do. So maybe I'll supplement moving forward. Well, I watched an entire documentary on all of these amazing haunted houses and, you know, haunts in um, California, actually. So, I mean, I think that's so cool because we don't really have that here. Really? I don't know. I don't know if anybody does that. And I mean, people who do it in their driveways that like literally spend, you know, months at a time getting these new houses up in their garages and in their driveways. And they have all these people. It's literally just for one night. And they just come in and go through. And it's amazing because they do everything themselves. They have people who volunteer. I'm like, how much fun would that be? I would totally do that. But I don't live in a house. So like, where would I? Yeah. I actually met an attorney who I used to work with. We were co-defendants on a few cases. And she quit being an attorney to do haunted houses and event stuff for a living for her life. And she could make enough money doing that where not only would she completely do her income, but what she was doing in 401k matching, all of her benefits for her and her entire family. That's how lucrative it can be if done the right Mm. way. So yeah. Also, you live in Florida. There's like, how am I going to be scared of you if I know there are real like inbred mutant hillbillies and gators just like a block away? Like that guy in Miami who ate that person's face. Oh my <laughs> yeah, gosh. The bath salt boy. That, yeah, that's Miami though. Like I can't say that. Or, well, Orlando's pretty bad too. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like I know the stories and it's so strange like hearing other people talking about Florida because I know it sucks, but I mean, in my little bubble that I'm in, I'm not like around that. So. But it doesn't suck. I mean, like it just gets highlighted more because of the sunshine laws. And so for people who don't know, Florida is amazing because you're state is super lax when it comes to disclosing information. So if it's a slow news day, reporter boy just calls the cops and goes, hey, did any weird shit happen? And they're like, oh, as a matter of fact, blah, versus everywhere else. are like, oh, we can't officially say that the guy who was caught on CCTV from 15 different angles did the illegal thing that he did. Well, yeah. I mean, when I used to work, I mean, in the summers I work in a law firm. So anytime anything in Florida, anything I need, I just I can go to the Department of State website and just get it. So it's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I think there's a certain degree of less fear living where you do because I know that there's that transparency. You know, people act like, oh, it's just craziness all the time. Like, well, at least you, it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. We know you're a crackhead. It's okay. Yeah, right? (laughs) Once you diagnose the crackhead, you can work around the crackhead. But if you don't know their problems, 
Mm. Pretty much, yeah. I know, it's so sad. So speaking of crackheads, I believe there's a meth explosion in the movie you're talking oh my about. God, I, so and this is how sad I am. I don't know if it's sad or maybe maybe it's just me just being naive, which I feel like I'm not a naive person, but I didn't know if it was a crack pipe. I didn't know if this was meth. I really didn't understand what they were smoking. <laughs> because it, you know, I guess that they were like I guess I could have looked it up and I've watched enough intervention, I should know this, but yeah, right. I just I had no idea what the hell it was, but yeah, that was the best. Did you watch it? I did. I watched it oh. while I was doing uh, my real job. So I will oh. say oh. I'm like 70% at it. I think I'm pretty good. Okay. All right. Also, disclaimer, if my clients by any means find what I'm t- this show that they should never find, uh, there is a clear delineation and partition between my real job and this. I was not working on your case at all. That's my disclaimer. You have a lunch break, Jay. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, t- I take those. I, I am well versed in the breaks of lunch. Literally, yeah. I swear. Okay. getting t- We'll get to my topic. I was able to purchase retrieve and eat my lunch in the amount of time that my media for this week is. So that tells you how little time I take for myself. By all means, you handle you. You you tell us all about your movie. <laughs> uh, well, it's not my movie. I just, I don't know why I love this movie so much because everyone in it is awful. Like there is not one likable person in this okay. movie. Okay. I-, <laughs> I was going to say the characters are not likable, but it has Alyssa Milano and it has oh, the yeah. Milo Ventimiglia. Oh my guy. gosh. I know. And they show his butt for those of you who want to see it. And I don't know if it's him and I didn't even want to look it up to see Stunt if butt. it was a butt double. <laughs> I don't want to know. I'm just going to pretend it's him and just be happy I saw it. So, yeah. <laughs> because I didn't even remember that from the first time I'd seen it because I think I saw it back in 2008. And, oh, wow. You know, obviously, it's super dated because um, they're phones, yeah. right? <laughs> like, and like, how, you know, how come they're not FaceTiming? Like, stupidly, I'm thinking, well, why doesn't she just FaceTime him? What is she bitching about three months for? <laughs> She's only going to be away from him for three months. Yeah. And oh, yeah, they can't because it's 2008 and everything sucks. So, also, well. did we say the movie the title Pathology? Oh, no, no, we didn't. Okay, we there we go. It? Sorry. I was making sure that we had gotten into it. Oh, my God. No. Okay. The movie is Pathology. It'll be I, in the title of the episode. So hopefully they know that we're talking about a movie called Pathology and not like the overarching study and science of pathology. Although I did print notes for that in case anyone didn't know what pathology <laughs> meant, because some people don't. Webster's okay. Dictionary defines pathology as... Well, no, this is a wiki page, I think. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse. Um, but I don't yeah, think no. it's worse, though. I I have uh, shamelessly stolen all the references from many Wikipedia articles and then just paraded them as my own. So please. Well, yeah, that's what I tell the kids. If you're going to do research, then you can go to Wikipedia. You have to scroll down to all the little links and go to the actual places that they supposedly got the information and go there instead of... Anyway, so I don't know what the hell we were talking about. The film that premiered April 11th, 2008. Yeah, 2008. That was a good year. Oh, yeah? I just I just want to say that was a good year. Obama was president, right? Oh, there you go. And, and, and you know, I would think I was like 18, I want to say, 18, 19, just living on my own, going to college. Like, it was a good year. I just, I don't know. I just have a good, like, vibe for 2008. Okay, but then the movie The Happening came out. You remember The Happening yeah, with the, the killer happening. plants? I didn't. I didn't hate that because I thought it was like a commentary on the plants, like getting us back for ruining the planet. 
So okay, no. I'll let you have that. Also, Rambo, the the I guess Rambo four came out and he rips out a pedophile's throat. So I'm pretty oh, cool I, with that. I loved that one. Oh too. no, that's probably he doesn't no. rip out the pedophile's throat. He disembowels the pedophile. He rips out another person. I would hate to find myself misspeaking about that in editing. I know, and I'm trying to think. Somebody got eaten by pigs in that one, right? I have to rewatch. That oh, it's now. super good. They actually recycled a scene from Rambo three. I don't know if you know this, but in Rambo three, mm-hmm. there was a deleted scene where he actually made a knife in a shack in Afghanistan and they cut that so they just made him make a shack in Thailand? Philippines? Yeah. Thailand? Thailand. I think it was Thailand. There we go. Wherever wherever missionaries go because that's where we get to save <laughs> right. the missionaries, right. right? Fucking stupid. Okay. So. And another tie to Dexter Morgan, another tie to Florida. It's all... We're decoding the universe here. I know. Oh my god. Anyway, so we're on this whole tangent, Rambo. But yeah, so the movie is mythology, two thousand eight. So yeah, obviously there's things dated about this movie. But the one thing I loved about this movie was I was at the time when I was in college, I was taking um, a lit class on death and dying. Ooh. Right. So I know. And then when I saw that, I was so excited because I'm, I was just drawn to that. Obviously, I'm. I, I like the macabre. I love horror. People think I'm weird. It's okay. But I just was so excited about this class. And then I read this poem, The Emperor of Ice Cream, and then he's fucking quoting it in this goddamn movie. And I'm like, oh oh my gosh, isn't this the the coolest thing? And so I literally, with my research, I was like decoding the poem. Oh yeah. I love this. You go from Brian's ass picking his fucking navel in my garage to this lady with collated copied notes with highlighter and what? This is a dissertation. This isn't presenting. This is amazing. I know, but I I thought people would be bored. So I was like, at the and I was done with all of my my notes. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so bad. I am so proud of the Slashers audience, if I may. And I'm not saying this to pander. Like, we have some very intelligent fans. And sometimes you worry about like alienating people by going too highbrow at times or you know i i referenced bartleby the scribner once and i edited that out of an episode because i was like oh that's gonna be weird and then like our audience always kind of gets it they're always cool with running with it so you do you girl you be your little um analytical self Thank you. I know I'm speaking, so I'm just kidding. Um, so I don't know. What do we want to start with? Well, okay. So I I literally just found this out today because I was spending so much time about the the content of the movie that I realized I'm not going to out research Jake at all if I don't even look at who wrote the damn movie. So <laughs> that'll help. Yeah. I know. So I looked, and the director is just some German guy. Didn't really see anything that I recognized, but the writers, the Neville Dean Taylor guys, they did Crank, which did. I'm sure you read that. Crank, the Jason yeah. Statham yeah. arousing himself and electrifying himself. I know. How the fuck has this come up multiple times on this show organically in like a month? This is so <laughs> weird. I went like a decade without even acknowledging those fucking movies existed. I know. And I, I think I've like literally just heard you guys talking about Crank and I'm like, how did that even happen? Because <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even notice that. So there's that. I, I think they did Ghost Rider 2. Or well, they the only watchable it. one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't see that one. I saw it's, the first one. I had to move on. I'm going to tell you, it. it's fucking <laughs> terrible. But the Ghost Rider effects are fucking great. So I watched um, the whole thing. And there is one good joke where the guy who's like pestilence or whatever, he like rots everything when he touches it. And he's like trying to eat lunch. And he's going through a, like a lunch pail and everything keeps rotting. 
But then he gets to the Twinkie and it doesn't rot because Twinkies are made out of like fucking fiberglass or whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> that's all I remember from that movie. And the fact that the, oh, that is so cute. the trailer has him pissing fire. So, I mean, it was basically an ad for gonorrhea. Uh, yeah. Syphilis? I know. Which one is it? Both? Neither? I don't know. I've never pissed fire before. <laughs> <laughs> never have I ever. So let's play 10 fingers. Never have I ever pissed actual fire. I'm just saying, well, whatever, figuratively or literally. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, okay. So, and then the whole thing with Nick Cage, I've, I've always had this aversion to Nick Cage, but for some reason lately I've been loving him and I don't know why we're talking about him now, but we mentioned Ghost Rider, so now I have to say that. Uh, Mandy, Colorado Space. Those- Mandy. Oh my God. Like loved it such a good movie yeah. i can't believe how much i love that movie so and i went into it with people being like oh d- legit like nick cage is dope in that movie and i was like okay whatever like you know going into it with kind of high expectations especially for somebody of his caliber being like legitimately impressed when i finished and be like i will I definitely know. watch this again was crazy the last I nick know. cage movie i wanted to see again was con air and it was for everybody <laughs> but nicholas cage <laughs> You know, you got John Malkovich. I, know, I love Cod Air, but he was terrible. He's so bad. Put the butter back. What the fuck? I know. His accent was, I mean, you know, he, oh my God. Dave Chappelle was in that too, right? When he was. Yeah. When he's doing the exploding. The shit yeah. Out of, oh my gosh. Yeah. I saw that in the movie theater. I'm pretty sure I was way too young to see that in the movie theater. Oh yeah, dude. My mom took me to everything, which is probably why I love horror now. So Right. Yay. But anyway, so back to the movie. Okay, back fine. To, back to pathology. I know I could sit and talk about Nick. Okay, Moonstruck is my favorite movie <laughs> with him. And that's the last thing I'm going to say. Okay. Um, so back to pathology. So what do you want to start with? Is there something? Because this is a new format, right? So yeah. can I just... Well, f- so basically, can you do like a spoiler-free synopsis for everybody? The Basically, the kind of way I've been looking at the way that we're sharing our media is like, if you were to do a sales pitch to somebody to get them to watch it or to get them to basically rule it out, because that's one of the things like I, I spoke to some people about Orozco, the embalmer, and people are like, I will never watch that. But I'm really oh, glad that, that Doug's so bad. Yeah, but like some people were just like, I'm happy to know that it exists. I'm happy to know based on what Doug said is not for me. It's interesting media. I like the banter back and forth. We can move on. So just kind of go with it. And then we'll get into trivia and shit. And I can start like just peppering you with questions to see how spotty your research is. (laughs) You didn't research this. So we'll just talk about the poem and then we'll move on. Okay. That sounds fair. um, Which I doubt you. Well, I'm not even going to say I doubt that you did it because I saw your notes today and I'm very, very jealous of you. So anyway. (laughs) Those are Um, fake. I just want you to know I copied that off of Google. I downloaded. I just, I literally, I Google searched. You're such an ass. <laughs> it said, I literally believed you. And I'm like looking like, what the fuck is he talking did about? Did you notice that the top tab said hypertension and that the person's hand had knuckle tattoos? That yeah, you've seen my hands. No, no, because I saw the picture immediately went back to the computer to do more <laughs> research. Like I didn't even like study it. I should have. Oh, oh god. my god. I'm so happy that I ruined your whole day by being an asshole. You did, because I literally like <laughs> sitting around anyway. Okay. Um, so the plot is basically this uh, med student, Teddy Gray. He's uh, he's sent to another hospital to work with a bunch of other pathologists. He's got like some sort of, um, what is it called? Where they have, not an internship, but like, what do the doctors do? Oh, uh, residency. 
Residency. Okay. Sorry. I'm like at this time at night, I'm pretty much useless. I'm so sorry. But anyway, so yeah, residency. If, if Adrian misspeaks at all, she's also three hours ahead of me and a fucking saint for dealing with my shitty schedule. So cut her a break, guys. It's okay. I get up at five and so what? at five o'clock why? in the morning, ask me, why are you, if I'm up so early, you're the one up even earlier than that, posting sugar slashes. I'm like, it's early for me. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing awake? So anyway. well, it's either, it's late for me as early for you, I think is the way it ends up working out. Um, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So at five o'clock in the morning, much sharper. So there you, there you go. So anyway, so Teddy goes to, and does his residency and he meets a group of uh, other pathologists or kind of dickheads, assholes, what have you. And um, he's in intrigued by them. And that's probably one of the reasons I loved this character is because he kind of seems like really good on paper, but you can tell there's this like hedonistic like undertone about him and Milo Ventimiglia yeah. is so good at portraying that in my opinion because he plays such like did you see him in that episode of Gotham where he was that that BDSM serial killer? Did you watch Gotham? No, but I'll Google that now. I I didn't watch it, I'll be honest. Oh my gosh. I've only seen the first couple seasons and I haven't really finished it. I don't know why, because I really liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I saw a screenshot where Bane looked like Dynamo from Running Man. And I was like, I don't know if this is right for me, dog. Yeah. See, I haven't, I don't think I got up to Bane yet. Okay. I hadn't even gotten up to the Joker. And are there like four Jokers on that show? Uh, there's people who I pretend they're Joker, and then the character you think is Joker is not the Joker because they kill him, and then he comes back. So I guess he is the Joker. It's like oh. a Days of Our Lives kind of thing going on. But I, I I stopped watching it after a couple seasons. I really did enjoy it. I w- I'm going to pick it back up at some point in my life. But that's the thing with me with those shows. I just like it, fucking twenty episodes. No. Like the Netflix Marvel ones, 12 episodes, even 12 episodes is a big ask. I really like Luke Cage. Like the last fucking six episodes. I'm like, I don't fucking care, dude. Like the first six episodes were fine. Like I did not need six more. And like, you know, to go on that long, you're guaranteeing filler, if not in entire episodes, then within the episodes. I yeah I agree because I stopped watching what was it Daredevil I really liked it yep. and I stopped watching and I was really waiting to get to the Punisher because I was so excited that we're gonna have the Punisher come and then I just lost interest it's so sad oh my gosh everyone's gonna hate me after saying that you can edit that out by no the way. I have the fucking attention span <laughs> of a gnat dude like I've just discovered uh, we were talking about our, our mutual love for Shit's Creek my new favorite show and new favorite media forever because it's twenty minute episodes because fucking everything everybody's always suggesting to me is like oh dude you gotta check out the show sure it's only an hour and you have one waking hour to yourself in an entire week you should totally dedicate it to this fucking show you've never tried and i'm like absolutely not not happening that is fucking three episodes of Shit's creek not wasting my time on anything else now i mean and Shit's creek is is literally hands down the most amazing show they want everything oh my gosh i can't tell you how much i just admire that show and it's so emotional and funny and just all of the characters are so great and it's just like a very happy feel good kind of show and it never looks at any of the supposed controversy about it. it never looks at it like like it's controversy like everything about it is just natural yeah and so it's just it's just a beautiful show so. that show and barry i honestly like if if anybody ever has to struggle for something to watch, just never just watch that show and then watch it again. Like legitimately, you know how like Netflix or whatever will let you download shit. That's all I will download from now until forever. So that if I'm stuck on a plane, a train or an automobile, I will just pull those two shows up. Oh, my God. The last thing I downloaded was Schindler's List. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I watched it on a road trip to Savannah. <laughs> what? I don't know why. 
I just, are you a I fucking was, masochist? Why would I you do am. that on a road trip? Oh my god! Because I didn't want to talk to anybody, and I figured if I was watching Schindler's List, like nobody. Yeah, would talk for sure. To me. The last lady I'm talking to on the road trip is the one watching Schindler's List. I might cozy up to the chick watching Almost Famous in the scene with Tiny Dancer, but you are safe from me. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I know. Like, everyone's learning so much about me tonight. I'm so I love sorry. It. Anyways, back to pathology. So we're just coming back. Anyway, so Ted gets in with these um, other doctors who are kind of assholes, but they they sort of invite him into their circle. And we realize that they have a very dark secret that they are murdering people. And they play this game to where the other doctors, whoever murders someone, the other doctors have to figure out how that doctor murdered that person. They do this all in secret. And I know it sounds very cheesy, but it's I I, I really I don't know that there's something about the tone of the movie, the fact that all the characters are just rotten, yeah, and it just shows you just how people. I mean, in, in Milo Ventimiglia talks about the beginning of the movie where he says that people are animals, right? Yep. We're just driven by one thing, and it's so true. And the fact that they had mentioned the poem in the movie that it's just made. When, when he cited the poem, I was like, this is my favorite movie. I don't know why. I don't know why. And I was so excited when it came back on Hulu. However, it's not Hulu anymore. They literally just took it off and put it back on Prime. So Okay. Well, it works out. Yeah, it's on Prime. So I watched it on Hulu a couple months ago. And then when I went to watch it again the other day, I was like, fuck, I don't know. I'm going to tell everybody they can find it on Hulu and they can't, but it's on Prime. So we're okay. So yeah, that's basically it. So he's, and I don't even think that this isn't one of those films where, um, where he is conflicted of good and evil. I didn't feel like Milo Ventimiglia or Ted was conflicted between good and evil. I think that he just inherently has something evil about him and he just gave into it. Yeah. He definitely seems the guy where this movie is just his own self-interest. He's not like altruistically saving others. He's not even, uh, he's, it's just a reflection of him. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to have him portray a guy who I like I like him as an actor. He was a vile character in what he was doing. He has an inescapable kind of charm about him, so that's kind of fun. But yeah, like you mm-hmm. said, it's just you're going into it and you want everybody to die, but in such a different way than the capricious camp counselor who's smearing their nuts on people in a cabin. You know, it's a different type of lurid that you kind of, you know, want against. And it's also kind of weird because you don't have that like one slasher to root for, that one thing you can point to and be like, ah, that is my vessel of vengeance. In this movie, it's just you're kind of watching it unfold almost like a a fucking criminal minds, but like revenge. I don't know. No, no, see, it is voyeuristic. I mean, you're just like, you're, it's just fascinating. I think the whole idea of the autopsy and just cutting a body open and and like when they're using those big, I don't know, garden clippers to like open (laughs) up. I'm I'm just like, how cool is that? Why didn't I like want to do that when I was younger? I mean, I guess I can go back to school if I really want to, but how cool is that fucking be to just be able to do that like every day? You'd never be bored. Yeah, honestly. And if you did get bored, I think you'd need some serious therapy. Yeah. I mean, what was the one part where the kid cut into like the, what do they call it? The poop pipe and like the shit went everywhere. (laughs) The poop pipe. Yes. That is the medical term that was in my notes that I Googled. (laughs) And the other guy's just eating a sandwich like it's nothing. And I I mean, literally I was just eating. What was I watching that was really nasty recently? And I'm just like sitting around eating food and I just don't even care. I mean, but that's just me. So if you're not, if you don't like, I guess the, like, if you don't, and I don't think that this movie would be classified as torture porn. Yeah, I don't think so. 
because it's more scientific in a way that you're opening up sort clinical, of like the yeah. Rosco clinical thing, like the, the Rosco thing. Like, I think I could watch that because I know that it's, you know, I watch Dr. Pimple Popper. I would understand and be on the same level. Right. Yeah, like, dude. Just love watching. Fuck. Nasty, yeah. <laughs> nasty shit is disgusting. Shit. And I love watching. I watched it on a train recently and well, I guess pre COVID. So it can't have been that recently. And she just fucking <laughs> she did the two, like the little V incision and all this junk came up. And it's a great way to find out who's peeping at your fucking phone. Cause this lady literally went, huh. and I was like, that's what you get for peeping. You fuck off. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I'd be like, I'd, that's literally all I'm watching in public is Dr. Pimple Popper and like in hopes that people will just back away. Right. Like, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty much the synopsis of the movie. Um, you know, all of these terrible things happen, uh, but we see, we just see this character sort of just go into this spiral. I mean, they start smoking cracker meth. Is it meth? You can tell I me. I think if it's you know. meth. And, is it, okay. But I, I like the way you said cracker meth because it made me think of crackers. <laughs> and then it also made me think of white people. And so it sounded for a second like you were saying being racist. It'd be like, well, it's that, <laughs> it's that cracker meth over there that's going to do it. And that is just... The best Back or meth? Excuse no. me, I, I know I, d- I I'm don't. I'm gonna make a slasher shirt well. that says "cracker meth." Yeah, you you better, and I'm, my face will not be on that shirt. <laughs> uh, it's a shame anyway. that the Jason Voorhees Groucho Marx mask doesn't have teeth that I could Photoshop out like a meth head. <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, you could always come up with something else. Yeah. Here you go, your cracker meth. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, fun fact. Fun, did you notice? And you probably did. And if you did, it's okay. You can tell me. Um, but you're never going to lie to me again like that picture today because I'm so upset about that. Um, <laughs> no, the the guy who was who played the, the fat guy, the father that they murdered. Uh-huh. Remember, they, they, they were doing whippets and it was like nitrogen. That was the guy from... Dark Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Oh something. shit! Yeah, that was Bubba. <laughs> what the fuck? Yes, because I was like, that guy looks so fucking familiar. I literally just watched that movie on S- Sunday or something, and I'm like, what is, where have I seen that guy before? Larry Drake. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. fuck, Dark Man. Wow, my yeah. brain is exploding. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. even think about it. I was just kind of going with the flow. He got so fat. Yes. <laughs> he, wait, <laughs> Dr. Giggles. No. You've never no. seen Dr. Giggles? Have I seen Dr. Giggles? Probably not. 1992. You got to see Dr. Giggles. We can do an episode on it. All right. I Well, if it's any, well, anyway, so we're just going to move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> like if it's Blood Harvest, then no. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, which I thought was just amazing because I literally had just watched that movie. Not amazing, but that was just a really cool coincidence. So there's a, there's your little horror, your horror nod there. There we him. go. I love it. Fun cameo. And then we get to see my love and Tamelia's butt right afterwards. So that's what's the most important. It, it really was. My metric system so. for most movies is a... <laughs> Milo Ventimiglia's but be anything else. Now, how long is this movie? Are we in for a long haul? It's not long. It's like an hour and a half. Perfect. 93, 93 minutes. So that's our exact golden timeline from 90 to 100 is like the sweet spot. But, you know, honestly, with how fucking busy I am lately, I've been going like 80 to 100 is fine. Like I've watched several 80 minute movies lately and I'm like, this is good. Like I watched The Coven for B Movie TV, free plug. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. That movie is balls. But it was over quickly enough to where I did not feel bad about it. 
Oh yeah, no, I, I well, I, I found it. I put it. Well, I put your part on just to see, and then um, Dan made me change his channel. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's his survival instinct. That's the good man to have around. That's your canary in the coal mine who's like, no, the shit's too weird or too bad. I know he's just shaking his head, and plus, you know, with, with the weekends for me, it's like I don't get to watch TV. It's football, right? So yeah. you know, my just my phone. Anyway, so yeah, ninety three minutes. It's not long. Um, there's really besides Alyssa Milano, I and and uh, Mr. Giggles. There's really no one else in the movie that I. Well, I guess the main the main character. Uh, Jack Gallo, or is it Jake? Jake Gallo. Oh, how fitting. His name is Jake. So him, he's in a couple of things. Where's my name? Yeah, he's the guy who looks kind of like the guy from Chuck, but ugly, right? <laughs> Zachary Levi? Yeah, like, he looks like somebody, right? But yeah. he's not that person. Yeah, he's one of those people. You know that guy, the kind of husky fella who's in all of J.J. Abrams and stuff? What the hell's his name? Yeah, he up. had like <laughs> special powers on heroes and stuff. If he and Zachary Levi had a just a disappointing baby, it's Michael Weston. <laughs> well, speaking of heroes, was it Milo Ventimiglia in that as well? He so. was, along with Hayden um, Benetier, who was Dot in A Bug's Life and then went on to have intercourse with Vladimir Klitschko. That which, Russian guy, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a weird thing to have in your brain to be like, like really big. Yeah, he's a giant. Uh, she hasn't done anything lately, has she? Except for Him. the last thing I saw her was scream. Yeah, because yeah, she she wants to have babies and just be married. Good for her, you know. But. Get it, girl. That dude's rich as fuck. That's what happens when you are the most boring fighter ever, and you can be that dominant. Yeah, I mean, I. Mm-hmm. I literally <laughs> watched more her. thrilling games of patty cake than that guy fight. Let's move on. <laughs> Oh yeah, so that's that. I mean, oh yeah, so that main guy, or you know, Jay, he was good character, but I guess he was in Six Feet Under and Scrubs. That's what I remember him from, was Scrubs. Gotcha. I never watched Scrubs, so. Oh. Am I missing out? Should I have? You should have watched it back then. I haven't watched it since it, since it was new, so okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm sure it's still good now, but I used to love it back then. I haven't seen it. Uh, it's been so long. Anyway, so yeah, he was in that. For all of our fucking nerds out there, and I don't expect you to know this, you were not this kind of nerd, but you did have John Sherwood Delancey Jr. Uh, or excuse me, John Sherwood Delancey. Yeah, I said it right the first time. Why did I correct myself? John Sherwood Delancey Jr., who was Q on Star Trek The Next Generation. So... Um, sorry, no, I didn't know that. Basically, like a space god who's annoying, but yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's so sad because, like, you know, when you guys go on tangents about Dragon Ball Z and all of that, I'm like, oh, see, I'm not, I'm a nerd, but I'm not, I'm not in that realm. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to jump off of and of saying stuff about it, you know, because like nobody fucking cares at all, and it's like, oh well, I've already finished all of the media, so it's all basically purged from my brain at this point, and people are bringing it up to me, and I'm like, that that's cool, but like. That was like a month ago. I'm already on to the next thing that I'm reading or obsessed with. Like I'm fucking voraciously reading Dune for the first time. Why did nobody stop me and tell me how fucking good this was? Like it is so much better than I thought it was because I tried doing an audiobook years ago and it's all these gobbledygook made up bullshit words. And I was like, this is stupid. And then you read it with your real brain and it's delightful. <laughs> And then the movie got pushed back to year. Fucking COVID. I know. I know. I saw that. I was like, mm. so I, everything's everything's just shit right now. And so anything coming like straight, like streaming, I don't even want to 
like I just don't it's just not the same like I'm so upset about Wonder Woman it's not even funny 1984 uh, uh, it's 1984 it is 84 right her. yeah it's 84 I, I just love I her just so much one go for nothing but that like the golden co- when she's riding the lightning I was like holy hell that's awesome so I'm very supportive of this film filmatic cinematic endeavor yeah so, I mean anyway but so, what the hell are we talking about do you want to talk about your thing now because I think we're pretty much done I think everyone should watch pathology and fall in love with it and then you're going to read the poem afterwards and then you can like message me and I will give you a whole dissertation of what it means and all of my notes that go through it there we go i'm not gonna do that right now because i just feel like it's just it's just too much it's too much i've been teaching all day i'm good yeah right you don't want to get back into the same thing and then flip to page 32 of your dvd insert of pathology well actually there's one thing i wanted to mention about pathology if you look at the soundtrack they actually had a song by the circle jerks featured in this film which was the parade of the horribles and so if you know what the circle jerks are or who they are, however you want to phrase it, you will like my topic of presentation tonight. Also, Jade Pugic liked it when I messaged him about doing this on the show. So that gives you an even greater hint. I'm talking about the All Hollows EP from AFI, a fire inside, anthems for insubordinates, whatever you want to call them, Morrissey Jr. It's all good. Adrian, you are a fan of AFI, right? Of course I am. There we go. I, I have an AFI tattoo. How sad is that? <laughs> Girl, which one? <laughs> I just have lyrics from, well, and, and we've talked about this, but Crash Love is my favorite. There you besides Singing the Sorrow. But yeah, so it's just, it's just, it's really bad. It's so bad. Like, you know, you know, when you get tattoos, I don't know if you know, but at 18 and you just don't give a fuck and you're like, oh, my friend's brother is doing tattoos. Now you have to come to my shop. Like that just, one? Or like okay. that one. Yeah. Adrian just saw my nipples and some of my tattoos that I'm not necessarily proud of in my 30s, but whatever. I mean, they're covered, right? Like all yeah. of mine are covered. So if they suck, fucking shirt it up, it. dude. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love that AFI. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. So All Hollows EP is like my perfect vibe of AFI. Like it is great. Um, have you ever seen Win a Date with Tad Hamilton? Yes. Okay. There's an analysis there about Pringles that I think is true in most things in life. And I think I've already mentioned this in the show, so bear with me. But they're talking about Pringles. And so they're talking about what flavor is best. And the girl's like, well, if it's going to be a small amount, you get something with flavor. But if it's going to be a long amount, then you want the more clean, natural, original flavor. And so my favorite AFI would, of course, be Sing Sorrow. But given the fact that this is 12 minutes and 59 seconds of blistering faced fucking awesomeness, this mm-hmm. is that short burst of perfection like it is just enough black sails it's just enough art of drowning it's just such a sweet spot and there's a misfits cover and i do have a misfits tattoo and we've already talked about their one official record on the show with johnny from cry havoc so shall i just start rambling at an even faster and more excited pace Sure, God. All right. So this was released on Nitrofab Records, which was Dexter Holland and Greg Nitro from The Offspring. And what's really interesting is The Offspring stole the fucking song Total Immortal, and then they covered it, and it was on the Me, Myself, and Irene soundtrack. And so I very vividly remember being in high school, and I lost all respect for somebody because when I was listening to Total <laughs> oh Immortal, God. he's like, oh, they covered The Offspring? And I was like, we're not friends anymore. And I've never <laughs> spoken to that person since. <laughs> I am dead serious right now. 
Uh, the things that you're passionate about, right? Especially like horror movies and hardcore music. Like those are two things you certainly can't fuck with with me. <laughs> no, I agree. Well, I, I think I literally stopped talking to a guy because he didn't know the acronym for AFI. Like, who the fuck are you? I'm, Come on. No. Google it. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. Just look it up on your phone. Okay. But anyway. So Jade Puget was talking about in an interview that they had to like sell Nitro on the idea of doing this EP. Like they went to Dexter Holland and he was like, nah, not really into it. And they like had to basically persuade him into doing it. And it ends up being a hugely successful EP. I mean, it, it, like both the vinyl pressings were great. It's been released on CD. It's been released MP3. It, some of the songs were included in that AFI compilation that Nitro did that everybody was resentful towards. So there you go. Sometimes you listen to the creatives and not the business people. Now, it came out October 5th, 1999, which feels like forever ago because last year celebrated its 20th anniversary pressing. Fuck my life. What happened? Where have all of my years of prime gone? I Well, when I looked it up and I saw that year, I was like, <laughs> right. oh my God. Oh. And I, I'm like, we just covered up some grays the other day. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so sad. That's why I keep doing like the really short hair on the sides. I'm afraid I'm going to look like that ass cock Richard Spencer. But I'm also afraid of getting the Reed Richards grays in my temple. So if it's shaved off, nobody can see. So the original pressing was a thousand seven inch records on two variants. You had the orange, uh, which was light translucent and dark translucent, which um, if you have one of those, let me know and I will graciously accept a free copy of it from you. That is my gift to you. Oh, my God. Let me go get it. There no, we go. Just, <laughs> so like I said earlier, 12 minutes, 59 seconds. Coincidence. Think not. I think this is the. I think this is the funniest fucking thing AFI ever did. Funnier even than the chicken song because it's it's thirteen minutes. You know, it's like their friend Nick thirteen and everything, but it's not thirteen. So it's like meh meh. The EP starts with Fall Children, three minutes and twelve seconds. Jade Puget says. To me, this is a quintessential AFI song from that era. This is coming from the guy whose first song that he wrote with the band was Malleus Maleficarum. So you can look at the themes of the song. You can look at the structure of the song. And I mean, it's it, it like a direct contradiction to stuff like Stereo Wars to this. And I found a really interesting interview in a parking lot where some guy basically asked Davey like, hey, how do you go from one to the other, like from one release to the next? And he goes, yeah, like you keep in mind for you, it's one release to the next. For me, it's five years of my life and I've developed and grown as a person. And it's like, wow. That sounds like a Davey answer. Right? <laughs> yeah. We were talking about this as well with regard to Shit's Creek, but David Rose is Davey Havoc. It's the same person. You can, I can prove it. I know. And they have the same name. Yeah. Right? See, coincidence? Dave. I think okay. not. <laughs> and, uh, Love the song. One of those perfect songs. Uh, you move right into Halloween. And I prefer the structure of this song better than the original Misfit song. Go ahead and shoot me. I don't give a fuck. Jade Puget says best recorded cover. And by this point, they had done, you know, Demonomania. They had done The Hanging Garden. They had done covers. But I entirely agree. I So you were talking about the whole DBZ thing. I've only recently started animating. I did not anime for a very long time. The only animes I saw were Akira, Street Fighter. But 
I'll never forget Van Helsing. There was an anime music video to Halloween, the AFI version with Van Helsing, where it's like blood and fucking vampires and he's got these glowing eyes. And I've still never watched that anime to this day because it is so perfect in my mind. This beautiful scene aesthetic recollection where it's just this flurry of sights and sounds that I'm worried that if I ever saw it, I would just be depressed. But that's the only anime I watched for a decade. And so that tells you how much I love this this everything. I want all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you follow that up with the boy who destroyed the world, which I loved. I was at the age group where I was like, I'm not quite the man who sold the world. I'm the boy who destroyed it. And I really love the song, the lyrics. It's a great, mm, you know, like that attitude mm-hmm. of being self-deprecating and struggling. And it's just powerful and passionate and like how many times have you had a shitty day and then that anthemic chorus comes and you're like yeah and it's just like you feel fucking thunderous right you feel like you're circle pitting but it's probably just your blood flow as you're head banging in your car in california traffic wondering where the best years of your life went i'm sorry um don't know where that came from well you should you should listen to it (laughs) while you go for a run so you can let your anxiety just melt away that's that's what you need to do now that's the old people's way to do it yeah right and then we finish with total immortal uh, which it's one of those things it's just lightning in a bottle jade talked about sitting down with davy and writing the whole thing and he estimated it took about an hour one of if not the best songs ever literally Adrian, I need to be honest with you right now. I bought an Xbox years ago. A deciding factor in me getting an Xbox was a video game called WWF Raw. And I knew (laughs) fucking sucked. I'd read the reviews. You can tell I like to research. But I knew that that game would let you put your own music off of your Xbox hard drive in your entrance for your pro wrestler. This was my fucking song. And it still would be today. I tell you what. (laughs) So that's my shameful admission, even more shameful than watching anime in my 30s and being like, this is neat. Tell my wife, hey, so there's Dragon Quest and there's these little slime guys and aren't they? F-? And she's just like, I'm ignoring you purposefully, like go away. Well, you know, the kids love Dragon Ball Z. So when you guys talk about it, I'm like, oh, OK, so now I know something. Yeah. And I can be relevant. <laughs> so they have spiky hair and they yell a lot. That gives them mm-hmm. powers. The hair they, changes colors. They make PowerPoints and Google slide presentations on Dragon Ball fucking Z. So what? They the kids are boys are obsessed with it. I don't know who discovered it. I don't know, like, because I feel like it's been on since we were since before. Super, yeah, it's since like, the eighties. Yeah, it's super old. So I was just surprised. Okay, so yeah, I think it's cute. They all get together and talk about it. You know, well, I had a friend be like, "Oh, if you like Dragon Ball, you should watch One Piece." And I was like, "Oh, what's that all about?" He's like, "Oh, it's a show. It's been running for twenty years." I'm like, uh, "No." No, 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 no. You don't have time for that. There's no time for that. And we know how obsessed with things I get. Like, that's just a terrible thing to recommend to somebody because I'll just, I'll literally only watch that media for the next, you know, two years or whatever it takes me to binge that much. Not healthy. Mm -mm. Can you herniate Mm -hmm. yourself trying to ingest that much anime? I think you can. Yeah. I don't know. Like, the only anime I ever watched was uh, Sailor Moon and Digimon. Is that even anime? Digimon, (laughs) Digital Monsters, Digimon, all the chapters. I don't even know why I like that show, but I used to buy all the little Digimon and they would like transform and shit. Oh my I God. loved the Digimon uh, and then oh I hated them and then I loved them again. Because here's the thing. When a little monster is not wearing pants, but it digivolves into a monster that's wearing torn designer jeans, <laughs> that's stupid. 
But then you realize that they are constructed out of the refuse of the internet and data. And you're like, oh, so it does make sense, even though it doesn't. And now I don't hate Digimon anymore. Oh, well, now I've been enlightened. I must go rewatch. <laughs> I overthink everything, as you can see. I have a thesis about <laughs> Digimon pants. So I'll move on. Hunter Bergen was talking about Total Immortal. And I think this is very interesting because he talked about this being a late addition to the EP. And originally, you might have heard of this song. He said that he had a song that he had written that was originally going to ripe it up. But then he completely conceded this song was better. And gave it up. Do you have any idea what song it was that he wrote that he gave up that ended up on a later AFI recording? No. Well, now you have to tell me. The Lost Souls. That amazing song off of Art of Drowning, The Lost Souls. He was like, yeah, it's not as good. And I'm like, what? They're both like, that was, that's a Sophie's choice moment for me. We're like, I can't, I can't, you kept (laughs) one or the other. Probably would give it to Total Immortal if I'm honest, but I wouldn't like doing it. Well, I mean, Total Immortal, I think maybe fits more with the theme of this? I don't know. I was playing it all day today. Literally, it was just playing and putting on grades. So I must have heard the All Hollows probably five, six times. <laughs> That's one of the through. things I was actually going to talk about is I live my life, not in terms of minutes and hours, but in terms of how many All Hollows EPs is it? So if I'm asking you, like, how how long is the drive to Oak Glen? And you're like, oh, that's an hour. I go, okay, well, an hour, 13 minutes time. So I could probably listen to it five times. Okay, we're good. There you go. I don't really do that, but, you know, it sounded you do. cool. It's I do. Okay. <laughs> it's fair. So the music video for Total Immortal was directed by Brent Waroniecki. And I just am happy that I think I pronounced that correctly. The whole thing was recorded at Art of Ears, and the engineering and mixing was done by Andy Ernst. Fucking beautiful experience. Every This guy has a portfolio like you've never seen. If you go to artofears.com slash gallery, you can see old pictures from the 90s with a bunch of bands. He recorded Rancid, Tiger Army, and here's a list of the AFI projects he did. Answer that and stay fashionable. Shut your mouth and open your eyes. A Fire Inside EP, All Hollows EP, Black Sails in the Sunset, and The Art of Drowning. Wow. All with this one freaking guy. And then it was mastered at Oasis Mastering by Eddie Schreyer. Uh, this guy, an amazing musical mind, had done work for Tupac, MC Hammer, Queen, Iron Butt fucking maiden wow so yeah this is this is not happenstance that this happens to be amazing you have like great musicians paired with great you know engineers and masters mm-hmm. so i uh, highly highly recommend oh, so wow. i'm gonna just ramble a little bit more i'll, no, I'll get your impressions because i know you've listened to it so yeah, adam no, carson was excited. the drummer boy did you know the music box was his music box yep Jade was talking about was this broke ass little rusty thing and they played it and that was it. And I'm like, how weird, you know, I always thought that they like wrote it or something. And he's like, just, we found it and just cranked it and put it in a microphone. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. Davey Havoc as the lead singer and lyricist. uh, He was talking about, I I just, at this time was, it's really interesting because you and I have kind of agreed. He's become kind of a a sass meister. Every time I've ever met him, he's been a sass meister, but 
you know, in varying degrees of charm and enchantment. Uh, but at this point, he's basically this kind of awkward kid who's like, I'm just happy to be here. You know, like talked about like you could give me a fucking arena, but if I could have a small venue just fat, like packed with sweaty people, that's what I want. And like no pretense at all talking about basically, I, I love the fact that everybody listens to our music. So uh, if you have 10 minutes, Google like Davey Havoc 1999 interviews, and he's like very charming and sincere and like a little bit sheepish, which is interesting. Yeah, I've I've Googled him so much, so I'm sure I've seen yeah. <laughs> right. with him. But we just saw him a couple of years ago. What was it? Um, I just started dating Dan and I dragged him to go see AFI. They were back on tour. There you go. And at a small venue. I mean, it was so it was so nice because he did everything. And I was like, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> well, I actually just listened to an interview with Jade and he was talking about, oh, we have a new record. It was supposed to have come out already, but because of COVID, everything got postponed. And I was like, son of a bitch, why did you tell me that? Like now I know what I'm missing out on. Mm-hmm. If it was just yeah, unknown. <laughs> it's just like not being able to see people live now, I think is probably... Just awful. Anyways, continue. I'm yeah, sorry. I've seen Tiger Army 13 times live, and I'll never see them again because it's the perfect amount of times to have seen Tiger Army, and I've seen AFI more than that. So, yeah. Tells um, you where I'm at with that band. But in terms of like a live performance, you know, it's beautiful because in 1999, Davey was really high on At the Drive In. And in multiple interviews I saw, he was like, oh, this is the band that you need to see. And it's the, that's one of my all time favorite bands as well. And that's a stage show that just beyond comprehension and you could see it like in the total immortal video it's just black and white and there's davy and jade and there he's just wearing fucking latex on latex and he's screaming and i'm like man i am not gay but i totally get this dicks and butts thing because like i i am all in right now then it ends and i'm like oh back to boring old heterosexuality fuck I hope that doesn't come across as homophobic. I'm legitimately saying like it is a weird level of sexy coming out of that small man. And I don't know how to handle it. I know. (laughs) Hunter Bergen talked about whole thing. uh, The idea of doing transitions with the thunder and the rain because they would do that live with like a trigger pad. And so he would go over and hit it with this bass at the end of the song. And that was like his kind of cool like moment, uh, which is just so fun. They would recreate the theater of this EP because a lot of times you miss out on those things, which I always kind of like it hurts. You know, like you're a fan of Avenged Sevenfold. And like there are some times when I've seen them and it's been very produced, you know, City of Evil and everything. And there's sometimes mm-hmm. where you see them and it's just like more phoned in and there's a charm to that as well. But like, I don't know. You gotta I, be careful when you talk about them because I also have them tattooed all over me. So. There you go. <laughs> like this ridiculous obsession with them as well. So I'm sorry, but no, I agree. I agree. I think, I think if I like, I wish I had been old enough to see them back in like, you know, early 2000s, like 99, like, you know, when they were still touring in Warp Tour, I think, and yep. with, with AFI, right? So, I mean, what are you going to do? Oh, we're hell home. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Back with successful failure. Don't think I don't know my Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> So lastly, I'll finish on some stuff that Jade was talking about with this is, you know, playing songs like The Boy Who Destroyed the World and Total Immortal. And he says, it really doesn't feel like we're playing something that's embarrassing or a token thing for fans. I still have a lot of fun playing these songs. I'm obviously biased because I wrote all the music for these songs, but I don't think there's really a weak song on the EP, um, which is just it's amazing. And he has a very healthy mindset when it comes to music. I mean, he he understands the commercial elements. He understands the analytics. You know, he talked about like he does score 
scoring for commercials and stuff at this point as well, like on his side. And he does black audio and everything. And it's so cool to see that kind of passion and not wanting to distance yourself. Because if you look at AFI, let's face it, they created a new band and extremist to do what they used to do. So there's a clear partition between the AFI of now and then. And it's just so nice to see them embrace. And every one of the members that I saw anything recent on this EP was very positive. And that just makes me happy. Now, if you have a tattoo of that goddamn pumpkin on the cover of it, that was drawn by Alan Forbes. Uh, he's a guy whose art style is basically Coop meets uh, Ed Big Daddy Roth. And if you go to nevermindgallery.com, you can see all of his work. And you can also see that he did Art of Drowning. Bing bong boom. Oh, okay. There you go. The last thing I want to talk about, because you challenged my research skills, Mm. Halloween, the Misfits song. I I just wanted to briefly talk on it because don't think I'm irreverent to it. Just because I prefer the AFI version, that really comes to like just the structure of the song uh, because I used to cover the AFI version with an old band, not the Misfits one. It's longer and more fun. But the Misfits version came out actually on Halloween in 1981 when I was a whole negative six years old. So this song has existed in the entire circumference of my life and it just rips if you've never listened to it, like I highly recommend it. it. It's on basically everything. You can find it very easily. Um, it's the last time that Bobby Seale actually played guitar for the band because he ended up quitting, being ousted and replaced by Jerry Only's younger brother, Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein. So uh, this is a little bit of history for the band. Also, if you go to the original pressing, side one was Halloween, side two was Halloween 2 which actually had Latin. So, I mean, you're learning. This is an experience. We're enlightening oh, wow. ourselves. It is awesome. So, yeah. What are your impressions of All Hollows, having listened to it 50 times today? Well, I mean, I've heard it before, obviously. But, I mean, when you caught me off guard the other day and you're talking about it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what the hell is he Because I'm thinking of the damn Terrifier franchise. That's yeah. what's in my head right now. So, I just want to say that I love his voice. Yeah. I can just... <laughs> Like, I'm just listening to it. And I didn't even realize, because I'm teaching the kids online, and this is terrible, but I didn't even realize that I was just so engrossed with just listening to music and like doing whatever while they were working that I didn't even realize like it was time to dismiss them and like bring the next batch in. I'm like, oh shit, what am I doing? <laughs> but it's just, it's it's very, it's, it's just, it's hypnotic. It's just, it has this, it's very AFI, I want to say, because I feel like it's not... And I don't know, I, I'm not as well versed with all of this as you are. This is just my opinion. So if it sucks, I'm sorry. But I just feel like you know, their sound has changed so much over the years. Yeah. And so I feel like this is just very traditional. And I, I probably have heard the Misfits Halloween, but I don't know. I've, I've, I, I mean, I've seen Misfits. I've met Jerry and Lee. I've whatever. I have a bunch of Misfits shit. I don't know why, but they are not, <laughs> they are not my favorite. Like yeah. they're, it's I, a rite I, of I passage. Everybody has had a Misfits thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but you know, whatever, what are you going to do? Like, um, but no, I'm absolutely. I just, I love it. And now it's going to just be on the background all month long with the rest of my uh, Halloween <laughs> shit that's always playing. Oh, yeah. Poor Dan. Oh my God. So I, yeah, I compare no. AFI to the Ninja Turtles a lot. And a lot of people get really shitty about Ninja Turtles, right? Because they reboot the fucking franchise all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget like when the 2011 version came out on Nickelodeon, it had more of like a hip hop intro and people being super shitty and dismissive of it. And I was like, oh, right. Okay. that That's totally oh. fair. 
Yeah, because it bastardizes that original, right? Yeah, the original that was in black and white and was a direct parody of Frank Miller's Daredevil run. Oh, what? Like, you don't know the original Ninja Turtles? So the Ninja Turtles that you were watching on cartoons or in the movies aren't even a direct adaptation of the original. So it's already a variation. So if you're willing to accept your own variation, you kind of need to accept a variation of the variation. Because like when I got into AFI, it sounds like your kind of peak era around was like Sing the Sorrow is the best for me. I had ridden up. That's it. And then it kind of goes down. But I still love everything that before and after I compare it to like like a, a person you had a crush on in high school who like gets a fucking crazy haircut or something and you're like it's not for me but you're still hot so it's okay <laughs> you know and so like people who are like oh well you know crash love sells out crash love's a real humdinger okay well you know what you're talking about wasn't serial wars or if you do like serial wars and you bastardize everything else i don't have the fucking patience for you because i i'm not 11 anymore I, i'm not five years old wanting a mohawk but yeah that's me being on the pulpit because just enjoy it you know it's how rare is it that you have a band who has developed that much it's kind of beautiful in its own way like i i made snarky jokes when extremists came out but i'm still I'm still listening to it. Come on. I have no problem with them. I mean, I can listen to them still now. Like, you know, and and I, I really, when I, when Crash Love came out, came out like when I was in college and it's just, I have really good memories with it. So I yeah. think that I just associate it with like this awesome time that I had back then. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you know, just put it on in the car. I always had it on. It was ridiculous. Like it was literally always playing. So I just have that relationship with it, but I, I'm not a snob to where I would say I dislike anything they have now. Yeah. And Dan knows I like them. So if they come out with anything or he sees something, he'll send it to me, which I think is so sweet and adorable. I'm like, oh, thank you. He's a keeper. Because like, I'm, I'm not the kind of person, like, I literally have CDs still in my car. Like, I don't oh, go wow. looking for new music. <laughs> it's so bad. So, I mean, this was this was a nice, refreshing, like, you know, trip back to, you know, back to 99. It was 99, right? Yep. Okay, October so 5th, 1999. Nice little trip back to 99 and like, you know, back in the day when you're like an angsty, you know, middle schooler or whatever, and just listening to this kind of music. Yeah. So it was nice. Yeah. I liked it. One thing off the song 17 Crimes, it's not on Crash Love, it came after. But what's fun about that song is I tweeted once about it being like, how is it that this song makes me nostalgic for times I never had with people I never liked that much? But that same kind of feeling of like this weird, like nostalgic milieu uh, or melange, <laughs> if you will. Um, but yeah, that's one of the great things about bands like AFI and Billy Talent. You know, like even if I feel like at times I've outgrown them, you know, because you, you go into your fucking Between the Buried and Me and, and more experimental math rock stuff or you or you go into your hip hop phase or whatever. Um, it's, it's still so nice to have. Like, I don't really have nostalgia with memories of people or things like my memories are generally music or movie based. Mm-hmm. Who did I see this with? And it's weird. You know, like I should remember the most beautiful sunset I've ever seen. But no, like I remember the 51st time I saw Robocop and who I was watching it with. And I remember like, you know, I'll never forget seeing AFI at street scene in San Diego and my friend Caitlin, who is deathly claustrophobic, making it all the way up until 
AFI's set started and Misery Kentari starts as there, she's being taken away by security because she's having a panic attack because of her claustrophobia. Oh, no. And I'm like grabbing her ankle, trying to pull her back. And they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, no, this lady just underwent hours of torture, sat through Jimmy Heat World's bullshit, terrible set oh to see God. this fucking band. And you're taking her? This is a war crime. Oh, no. So yeah, plug for Caitlin. Caitlin's awesome. Killer cupcake photography. Send her some love. But um, I think this is a, a perfect place to end. Are you feeling good? I'm feeling I'm on the crescendo of the slasher. Yes. Yes. This is a great place to end. So everybody make sure to let Adrian know how much you loved having her on the show and how much you wanted to come back and how she's just never going to compete with me in terms of research. But it's a valiant college try. <laughs> I will beat you one day. I don't doubt it. I'm setting myself up for failure, but I love it. So thank you so much for being on. For Adrian, my name is Jake saying goodbye. And good die. I'm done. Also, my wife saw me recording this in the garage and she judged me and I feel really bad about it. So I hope you're all happy.